What? Huh? Brad, you're such a douche. Jesus Christ. Whoa. Gotta, gotta give Whoa. a little ambiance. Whoa. Hey. Hey. All right, Jeremy. There it is. Jeremy. Bradford. Jeremy. Hey, bud. Jeremy. Brad, can you hear me? Hey, Jeremy. Hi, bud. What's going on? Welcome to the Brigity Bro Bobs. Brigity Bro Bobs. I don't know if that was the like. I don't. I don't think the, the intro hand. But we can do that. I don't think we need the hand gestures. I don't care what you think we need. I think we need it, and I'm going to go and continue with it. That's what's going on. What'd you have for dinner tonight? Um, some chicken fried rice from a Mexican restaurant. Uh, chicken fried rice from a Mexican restaurant. Yeah, you chicken got rice. Chinese chicken, chicken and you rice. You got Chinese look, from a Mexican not, restaurant. Look, I'm not gonna lie. Mildly intoxicated, still to this time, went with some friends to go see a movie, The Exorcist: Colon Believer. Before we went, I had a couple. The of Colon drinks. Believer. Yeah, the Colon Believer. <laughs> Trust me, it got real weird. <laughs> uh. We got a little. We had a couple drinks. Was there a went colonoscopy the, in this? Went went to the movie. Had some uh, more drinks. Uh huh. And uh, that's where we are. What did you have for dinner, bud? Indian. You had an Indian. <laughs> I don't know if that's culturally insensitive or not. Kind of not nice. I had Indian food, Jeremy. Uh, okay, like what specifically? I had. Some rice. I had chicken tikka masala. I had a samosa. Uh, Naan. Wow. Did you get it all to go or did you eat at the restaurant? To go. To go. So. Makes me want to go get some Indian food, not Indian to eat. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's just not nice. Thanks, Jeremy. Yeah. How's your running been going, man? Pretty awful. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally falling apart. Yeah. I don't envy you. So, I, went, uh, I went to the doctor Monday for my right knee. Yeah. I'm. They're pretty sure that I'm going to need surgery with another torn meniscus, which just verifies that I was hopping in our Jeez. race. No, it does not verify you were hot. It sure does. It sure does. And then I went for my left leg today with my sciatica issues. With your I've ass? Got, yep. I've got, uh, I've got like two months of re or of uh, physical therapy. I've got to go. No buff in the next two months. I've got to go for an ultrasound and he's then from the ultrasound i may have a cortisone shot or surgery so for your ad i was telling stephanie and the kids they're gonna have to have like either like uh you know like something that you would cut into a safe with (laughs) (laughs) jesus christ like 
Can what you imagine them going like- in with a scalpel and they just keep breaking it? <laughs> Dude, I went, I went and got my flu shot earlier this week. And I told him, I was like, guys, like, you might, you might as well have like 15 to 20 needles there. Cause I'm sure that at least half of them are going to bend when you're trying to get into these bad boys. And I pointed and they just shook their head and they looked away. <laughs> just bopped you? <laughs> yeah. Bopped. It looks like we only needed one guy. <laughs> I'm thinking like one of those laser cutters. You're so dumb. So what exactly are they going to do if they need to do surgery for that? Like, what are they going to do? I don't even, I don't He's concerned that there's like, uh, that they wouldn't be able to free up my sciatic nerve, mainly because my butt is so powerful. (laughs) And that they would literally need to go in and separate the sciatic, sciatic nerve from the muscles. From the butt muscles. You're just so strong. They're sucking the nerve in. <laughs> Dang, Not gotta... in my butthole, just my butt cheeks. <laughs> yes, I, you got real sucky butt. <laughs> Holy moly, Jeremy, <laughs> dude, that's unfortunate. Um, so if you have to get surgery for that, that's gonna obviously be probably, I would imagine, gonna be a longer uh, recovery than just your meniscus. I mean, with those liquid laser. Cutters. I mean, I can't imagine it's going to be a small wound. What? I mean, what happens if they lop off your ass cheek? Because lasers generally, like, you, once you start a laser, it doesn't stop. Right. Here's the, here's what I'm honestly thinking. I ran the last race on my left leg, hopping. <laughs> After my meniscus surgery, now my right will be freed up. So, fair enough. Look, I, I appreciate that you're like ambidextrous in your legs. Like you've got lots of skills going on there. Right. Yeah. So I'm guessing by the end of either way, I'm guessing now I'll be dunking on both legs. Dunking with both off of both right. legs? Yeah, right. Like I can I can go left left as my lead jump or right. Boom. Dunk. Brad, you can't even touch the net. What are you talking about? I watch me. I've watched you many times, and you can't touch the net. Mm-hmm. As a five foot ten guy, I would imagine like it's pretty embarrassing to not be able to touch the net. So you're going to get bionics. Is essentially what you're having happen. You know you can't beat me out right now. You saw what happened in our five k. You're like, hey, doctors, make me bionic again. That petition has been filed. I'm 100% confident that it's coming back my way. I, I can see what happened. So you, you saw me beat you. You came up with this excuse before the race. And then you went and you hurt yourself on purpose after the race to say, hey, look, the doctor said I, I was hurt surgery. in the race, and Jeremy. Become bionic. I was hurt in the race. And so with all of that, I've had a couple of good runs this week. Yeah. Which I think just – Your mileage again, is pretty good. Not too bad. I didn't run today. My left my left leg was killing me today. I shouldn't have run today. I absolutely just it was not good. I got in just over three miles in thirty minutes. I walked half of that time. It was bad. <laughs> I was I was struggling. Like I could not get it going. At first it was really warm outside and it's just been really warm this week. Um and second, I just didn't feel it at all. My body was just not having it. So I listened a little bit. Cut it off at 30 minutes and uh, 
that's where we are. And how's the rest of the training? You went, did a tempo yesterday? Kind of. Yeah. Uh, you started so a tempo. I started a tempo. It was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a steady state to be honest. And it was supposed to be between seven twenty seven and seven forty eight pace or something like that. Uh, my first mile was seven twenty nine. Uh, so what is second, steady state versus tempo? Tempo is closer to race pace. So what's steady, steady state? state? Steady state is like supposed to be a little slower than that. What's threshold? Threshold for steady state is somewhere like eighty percent <laughs> versus. So there's a steady state threshold. Uh, well, that's what I made it. Because and an then idiot. there's a threshold. There's a threshold, and then there's a steady state, and then there's race, and there's sub race. Um, there's VO two max in there somewhere's. Do you know, know what any of these are? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Look, I told you, look, I have been running for now 25, 26 years. Everything is just a tempo run. If I'm doing a workout that's not reps, it's a tempo run. It doesn't matter if it's 10 seconds faster than or slower than race pace, all the way up to a minute and a half slower than race pace. It's a, it's a, it's a tempo run. I don't know the difference. I'm sorry, people who are listening, I probably should know, but I don't. Pathetic. I don't know what to tell you. So the training's been going okay or what? But it has been going okay. I'll still be at like 31 miles this week. Um, I just feel I, I outside of yesterday and today, I felt really good. Um, I don't know if I'm going to run tomorrow. We'll see. And if I don't, then obviously the miles will come down a little bit. Uh, but Sunday is still supposed to be a long run. And Sunday is supposed to be really nice here in the 60s as a high. Like today was Whoa. in the 80s. Yeah. All right. So. Well, let's get into it, Jeremy. All right. Well, I don't know. Again, this, this is, is much like this is what your we did week. Last week, right? This is your week for the uh, for the topic. Uh, yeah, we're going to talk about toenails. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what do you think your about topic toenails, for the week. That's What's your topic that? for the week. What do you feel about toenails? Are you pro? I don't think. I don't. Oh, I don't geez. think that they're necessary. Um, no, I agree. I agree. Okay. We, we don't need podcast. them. <laughs> I think it is, Mom. Why don't you go let her in? <laughs> She's seen you in your undies before. But I have the neighbors. Don't let Mom in. Just go let Mom in. Jeez Louise. He's coming in here with a cape. For a blanket for a cape. Anyway, what? So it's really, truly your topic decision. My topic decision. Yeah, it's your decision on topics. Topic decisions, decision on topics. Synonymous, a reversal right. of word order. We'll go. I've got. Uh, let me see here. Oh God. Twenty-two possible questions. <laughs> okay. So. I think I'm just going to randomize these. Like, just There's call out questions. A... We're just we're just answering questions. Bingo! Hot takes. Throw out a number. Uh, out of twenty-two. Yep. Uh, twelve. Twelve. Yeah. Ooh. Oh man! Look at that. Yeah. Good pick, Jeremy. Thanks. 
This yeah, is a imagine. this is a good one. I might have wanted to save this one till later, but we we'll can jump. save it, Brad. No, Here, no, number no. Six. Stop. No. Okay. Fine. Number twelve. Long run distance for marathon. Okay. So what's like? What would be a recommended, either minimum or maximum distance for a for a marathon? Good, good question. Great question. I think minimum. Minimum. Go. I think minimum you go 16 miles. That gives you 10 miles left over. If you're if you're in it to complete a marathon without a care in the world about time, you're just want like it's something on your bucket list. You want to go out and you just want to accomplish that distance. I think if you get in 16 miles, the first like the, truly the first 10 are going to take care of themselves, right? So then you have that 16 miles under your belt. Is the last thick 10 miles going to suck? Big time. But that doesn't mean you can't do it. Um, so I think 16 miles at, at a minimum. Like, I've done it with less than that. I've done it with 11 miles. And let me tell you, it was less than fun. Um, I guess at 11 then. But you want to have some fun. Maximum, 75 miles probably for a long run. Get the oh. hell out of here. <laughs> over distance is ideal get out there and run for like 15 hours mm-hmm. and like make it make it work no i don't know for a long run i don't think you have to get to 26 miles to do a good job i think like 24 would be fine i just i like i think getting close is a big like mental boost yep what about you brad so I would say you can get away with 16. What? 16 miles? Where? Until, but it's so it's caveated. I would say like 18 if you're doing like quality long runs, not just going out to finish a long run. Yeah. Like 18, what? you can race a hard marathon with doing quality 18 milers. That, when that's you where you top out. Like what do you say when you say quality? What do you say? What do you mean by eighty-five quality? to ninety percent of your marathon pace? So it's not an easy run, correct? So it it's, like, so it's not every, just going does, out. Does and, I see it, and then and then you can kind of like bookend this. You can pre-fatigue your legs the day before, so do like an eight-mile run the day before, like say in the evening. You wake up on, uh, if your long run's on Saturday, wake up on Saturday morning after an evening eight-miler and run 16 so that you've pre-fatigued your legs. Yeah. Like how, so when you say like to go out and do a legitimate, like good effort long run, how, do you have to do that for every long run or is that like? No, that would be your max, like your peak long run. So like, that's like the run that you're gearing up towards to prepare yourself for the marathon. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And then for like the back end of it, for the longest, it would all be how fast you can run a marathon. So if you're Iliad Kipkaji, you can run two and a half hours, like not at your marathon pace, and run probably twenty eight miles. <laughs> yeah. And, and so you're fatigued by it. Right. And he's not putting himself in an injury risk that uh, you're running for more than three hours where your body fatigues so much that you're injury prone. 
So, but for the majority of people, I think, I think 20 is probably like the number. And then the, the faster you like, the more sub three you are, the closer you can get to marathon distance. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no more than three hours though, is what you're saying for a run. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. So I should be able to cover, I don't know, 50 or 55 miles in that time. In a week. Sure. Um, (laughs) what's it? Give me another number, Jeremy. Oh, Jesus. Um, I said 12 already and we're going to what number? 22. 21. Ooh. All right. Another good one, Jeremy. (laughs) I'm on a roll. Quitting races. When's it okay? Like in the middle of the race. Yep. It can't, right. like, it, is there ever a good time, other than the obvious, like you rupture your Achilles? Is there ever a good time to quit a race? I would venture to say, yeah, because I've done it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I've not done it for anything short. So, like, a 5K, a mile, 10K, even half marathon, Actually, matter of fact, I've never quit a marathon, but I think once you start getting up there and you're putting a lot of time on feet and you're just like, it's not working for you. Like, what's the purpose of if you're at 13 miles or 15 miles of a marathon to say, I've got 11 miles left and this is going to take me two and a half hours to get done. Like, what benefit is that giving to you? First, it's not like it's going to be a mental, like it's going to be just as mentally defeating as dropping out, Right. Um, and it's going to probably not benefit you physically. It's going to put you in such a hole that you're not going to come out of it anytime soon. So I would say there is a benefit. Like, yes, you can drop out if you're not feeling what it. What if it's a goal race? Okay, just find a new goal. So if you, like, you train like for an entire, say, two years to run your first marathon, and then that marathon doesn't go well, including, say, like the race starts – and your gels fall out of your pocket. And so ne- okay. like that's something that you can get over. But what what let's say that you're at this race and it's 80 degrees. Uh-huh. Like you're not doing well. You're starting to feel feel like really down and your body's not handling the heat well. Like why push it? Like I look, I know everybody's all about the David Goggins nonsense. Like just run until you can't run anymore or run until my legs shatter and then I'm going to keep on running. I'll like, die no. on the I'll die on that marathon course. <laughs> yeah, I don't like I like look, I don't have anything to prove. And I don't think anybody has to go out there to prove anything. You're, like you're proving something to yourself. And if you don't have a like if it, if you don't finish a race, it doesn't say that you're not a good runner and it doesn't say you're not fit. It just means it wasn't your day. And that's okay. You're allowed to have not your day race. Like even elite level athletes have not finished races before. They've dropped out. And that's something that they've well, been geared I, I think that you find elites are more prone to dropping out of races than amateurs. Why do you think that is? Because they're so time conscious that if like you even see this in the Olympic trials. So Sarah Hall dropped out of the last Olympic trials because it wasn't her day. And yeah. so then re- recovering from a marathon even at an elite level, is a two-week process at a minimum. So yeah. if you're already not making the team, you, it's already not your day. Like, why spend another minute on the course when you can go make money a month and a half later without the recovery time? That's right. 
So for them, so it's, you... it's all about peak performance. And if you're not getting the peak performance, it's not worth, worth having it on there. So that's your mentality as well. Is it's okay to drop out of a race if it's not going the way it needs to go. If you risk running in, like if you risk injury, if you risk like a potential like months long recovery because you put yourself in such a hole, which is possible. Yeah, I mean it's hard to say. So say if I think the longer the race, so the put the, it put it in this. Sure. Put the, put it in this scenario. You go to a marathon, your family comes out to see you, your mom's there, you've got like your sister there, all these people travel to see you. And then uh, are you going to drop out of that race, even if you're not doing well? Potentially, yeah. Like, I don't have the, I don't, I, it's just all ego if you don't. And like, Sure, running is about your ego because ultimately, why else are you doing it? I mean, I know people do it for fitness and it's like all that. But once you get to a certain level, it's all about your ego. And if you have such a fragile ego to say that you're you dropping out means that you're not as good a runner as you are, like. So, but don't again, you think it com you accomplish sometimes just something by finishing? Like, there's real yes. merit in finishing. I think again, though, I think it depends on the length of the race. I think. Can you, can you like, if your 5K is not going according to your plan, can you slog through the last mile and a half? Yeah. There's not a whole lot of downside to that, right? You learned something, you got, you got over it, you finished the race, it's no big deal. And a 10K, can you finish the, like, you're, you're not feeling it at four miles. Can you finish the last two miles and just finish it out? Sure. But if you're, like I said, if you're 10, 15 miles into a marathon and you know you still have potentially an hour plus two hours plus of running left. Like what, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? I like, I've done a 50, I I've signed up for eight, like 24 hour races. I've stopped well before 24 hours. Like I got to a point where I had to have an ambulance called on me. Should I have kept on going? No, because I couldn't like, I, my body wasn't taking in water. I was vomiting everything up. I was taking, I was cramping up to a point where I could barely move. Like what? Like I couldn't have even gone if I wanted to. But there are some people who would be, oh, you need to go ahead and stick, like stick to it. No, it doesn't make any sense. So Sorry. I, I'm a firm believer in, in trying your best, but sometimes it's okay to say that your best is to say that you you didn't finish. All right, give me another number. Oh, two. Two. Well, I might not have written that one right. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll go to one. Okay. What? Uh, what's your best mental, like, uh, trick or tip in a race? That's a good one, and I would say that I'm pretty weak mentally. But the the times that I've been very oh, oh my gosh, Elliot. Help. Uh oh! Oh, you help me! <laughs> That's it. I pretend like my head has popped off, and then I don't have to think anymore. All right, go. Ahead. I'm smart. Can you see? Yeah. Um. Well, that was good. I couldn't figure that out. Maybe because I was a little intoxicated. Anyway, um, I think it's just about like I like to tell myself to just calm down. Like I, I find myself like when I'm starting to really hurt, I'm, I get all wrapped up in it. And then I like, I start breathing harder. And then I just have to take a second, 
take like as deep a breath as I possibly can to say, calm down. And that's like, that's really what works for me. Um, and it works for, I don't know, a couple of minutes anyway. And then, and then I have to do it again. But, you know, it's, it's kind of what racing is all about anyway. It's like staying in the moment. And if I get wrapped up in it and I just have to calm myself down every, I don't know, two minutes, then that's okay. But I just have to remind myself, calm down. When you run relaxed, you run fast. And that's why I run so fast because I'm always relaxed. Mm. So I calm okay. myself down frequently. So what about every you? race you do this, that's that's your that's what you. Go I to. do. I tell myself even in my easy, like even on my runs, <clears throat> and I find myself like out there pushing too hard. I tell myself to calm down. It's just something that that, I've, that I, I guess I've made just common in my everyday running scenarios. Okay. What about you, Brad? I feel like I've got like. I don't like I genuinely believe this you can't just have one trick that you have to have like a a full arsenal of things that are ready to go because just some some races you can't get over a mental hump. So look, <clears throat> I have another one. I find when That's I what I just asked up. you. I know, I find when I need to speed up I just fart. It's <laughs> like a jet propulsion. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it, that 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 physical boost is also a mental boost. <laughs> you look so disgusted right now. <laughs> go ahead, Brad. I'll let you go to it. Tell us your your arsenal. That quiver that you carry around with you. What does it hold? So I like just. Uh breaking the race down as small as you need it for like to continue moving forward. So in a marathon could be a mile or a one K repeat, just say, well, listen, like, let's just get to the next K or the next mile and we'll reevaluate the race. If and we there's need only this... 42 Ks right. in a marathon. So that's and, not a lot. So, but you're usually using mental tricks on the second half of every race, whether yeah, it's a marathon, it's not... a five K or, it's never the first half, so you're right, like 21K. Yeah, and so uh, I always give myself an opportunity, like an out at the next aid station mile K, just say, well, listen, like I'm not feeling good now, but let's maintain like our goal pace till this next interval, and then we'll reevaluate. If we need to walk, like – Let's just figure out a way to get through this K. Inevitably, you get to the next K and you still feel terrible and you go, okay, well, I can probably go just one more and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I find once you walk, though, like it's broken. Like, uh, yeah, but I mean, once you walk the first time, it's, it's much easier to walk the second time and then the 15th time. I get it, but I give, like, so at Grandma's, I gave myself that out and never walked. Yeah. Like well, it, was, you didn't. it was just the mental knowing that if I get to that K, I'm giving myself like an allowance that if I need to walk, I can walk. And that just kept me like hitting pace after pace after pace instead of saying, well, if I slow down, you know, like if I slow down five seconds a mile, I'll still be under three, you know, but how many seconds do you get to give up? And is it five seconds really going to make me feel any better? Like slowing down never seems like the like the rational way to take it. For me, it's pretty much always all or nothing. So get to the next mile at race pace, and then, like, if you if you're blown up, all right, that's it. Like we made it as far as we can. 
So I personally like breaking it down as short as possible when things are going bad. I like having mantras going into the race, whether it's uh, like, you know, like you deserve this. I've trained for this, uh, you know, like whatever it is. If you've watched Rocky, some some yeah. Rocky creed of uh, of carrying a log or whatever <laughs> it is, uh, you know, like uh, trying to think of some of the other. A lot of times I'll find myself like I get super excited in the middle of a race <clears throat> where I know like I'm not hyperventilating, but I know that I'm like tensing up. So I just hold yeah. my breath. Like I find it easier to like manage where I'm at by just holding my breath because it's it's a conscious effort of knowing that I'm controlling what's happening. That my you know yeah. like my it's not running away from me. If you can hold your breath, you're still in full control of everything that's happening. Hundred percent. My wife mentioned to not make any hard like rash decisions while going uphill. <laughs> okay <laughs> i like that <laughs> don't do that like going uphill you might feel okay but they always say look my friend jen she says uphill for show downhill for dough like just run your like stay the same effort uphill like that's a mental thing like you don't have to crush it up the hill you're not gaining anything by doing that except for putting yourself in a hole crush it downhill crush it downhill one of the other tricks that I do is I assume everything is going to be awful on the second half or like somewhere along the race that I'm going to lose. Like uh, if it's a marathon that I'm going to lose all of my gels yeah. and that I'm just going to have to like, I basically reside my resign myself to the fact that it's going to go bad, that I'm going to feel terrible at mile 18 and I'm just going to have to figure it out. Uh, you know, like, typically resign myself to that in literally any race distance that if, uh, if it's not going perfect, that that's just, those are the breaks. Well, that's the race too, right? So yeah, that's right. So it's good. So number two is, uh, we'll just, they're essentially tied together. This is pr probably going to be a quick one. So do you do the same tricks in training? I, I, I told, yeah, I do. I, I, I always get really, wrapped up in like the very beginning of my runs and I push it way too hard often. So I have to remind myself just to kind of calm down. That's what I do in the race. Just like you said, kind of like I take a deep breath, that deep breath again is kind of like reminding me that I have to like concentrate on what I'm actually doing. And I, I an active participant in my race and not just my body. Um, and I just tell myself to calm down. I, I probably do that five times a run for every single run. <laughs> regardless if it's easy or not. So, um, yeah, every single run, regardless if it's a race, if it's just an easy run, like it's always just a calm down. And sometimes I find myself, I, I tell myself, especially on my runs where they don't really matter. They're the easy runs. I just find like, I just tell myself to walk if I get so wrapped up that I can't like truly calm down. Cause you know, you'll, you'll say calm down and you know, for five seconds, your body, like you actively like, just reset yeah. down. And then you look down in a, like a half a minute, and you're running even faster than you were before <laughs> to make up for that calm down. So it's just sometimes I just find myself that I have to, it's okay to walk um, if you need to get yourself like caught up. So, yeah. so in, train you, in training, I find that I go, um, I don't really use the same mental uh, gameplay that I do in racing. 
I just always relate it to racing. So, well, of course it's going to like, of course the next three intervals are just going to be awful. Like that's what Mm -hmm. the end of a race is like. So break this that like, just break it down. You know that the next interval is finite. So, you know, like figure out how to get through this next interval, then figure out how to get through the rest period. And, you know, like a bit like the racing that, you know, like if you're, if you're, you know, second to last interval isn't on pace, just kind of is what it is. So right. in the in the moment, I just say, well, this is what racing is like. This is like, this is the mental grind of being tough at the end of a race, you know, like, or I'm envisioning what, like, a race that I've been in, uh, how I know it's going to be at the end of the race, et cetera, et cetera. And then back to racing, I'm typically then thinking of, well, your training has been this exact same way when it's when it's bad. Yeah, I mean, I find that, you know, outside of just getting your body ready for the specific paces, like those workouts are helping you get ready for the end of the race. The beginning, like the beginning and the middle of the race generally take care of themselves. It's like that last 30%. That's really, really, you have to like concentrate and know that the work that you've done has gotten you to the point where you can do the work that's left. So, yeah. Give me another number, Jeremy. Six. Six. Are you keeping tabs of what we have done? Yep. Because I'm not. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> <laughs> so is there a thing as too much or too little like uh, running knowledge of training of, uh, you know, like physiology or anything? I think no. As you can tell by how much knowledge I have about the different types of workouts and stuff. I don't think there is. I think you like too much. Is there too much? I mean, unless you get so like in your own head where you're like questioning everything you do and you don't like, it just doesn't work. I think that could be a detriment. And I think if you have such little knowledge that you just go out and crush like every single run and you get yourself injured, that's not good. But I think anything in between no knowledge and all knowledge is fine. I don't think that there's too much or too little. I've run for, like I said, 26 years and I truly don't know a whole lot. I know for my runner, for my runners, I know what I'm supposed to get them to do. And I know the purposes of the workouts, but for my own training and I couldn't tell you why I'm doing half the stuff I'm doing anyway. I just assume that if I can do the mileage, the mileage will get me where I need to be. Cause I, I do know that I'm naturally faster than I am naturally stronger. So if I can at least get the strength up, my speed is already, is still there. So I don't really worry too much about the speed portion of it. I just worry about making sure that I have the mileage. Um, so all right, then that le- I've always felt like that, even in high school. So that leads me to another question that you probably have no idea how to answer because you know, I don't know. too little about running. So okay, do you focus, are, should you be focusing on, I think this is more geared towards like high performance runners, whether this is in high school or collegiate or post-collegiate and less to like age group marathon runners. So because in age group marathon runners, like there's, there's not going to be like an overwhelming difference of training blocks. So, but do you focus on the strengths of a runner or the weaknesses of a runner to get the best out of them? I think you have to concentrate on both. Like, like again, as, as the coach for my, younger athletes, I look at what they do well. And for some workouts, I want them to come away feeling really good about themselves, right? 
and to kind of gear them toward to say, hey, this is where we're good at. This is what we're going to work on. This is going to be like if you're good at strength, let's go ahead and do some instead of doing like 200s, we'll do 400s. Right. Because I think it'll benefit you. And we're still getting maybe a little more distance out of them. And then for the kids who are good at the short stuff, I'm like, let's go and just have fun and just like throw it down for a little bit. Uh, but then I also know that for them to be successful, depending on their race, you have to have a little bit of what you don't have. So we were work on those things. Um, like I said, though, like I don't really work on a whole lot of speed. I couldn't tell you the last time I've been I've done like 400 meter repeats. Um, most of my work truly just comes from the runs that I put in. Um, what about you, Brad? I believe just like in life, you, you don't neglect the other half. Like you don't neglect your weaknesses, but you don't spend much time on them either. So you like, uh, in the business world, I live by this credo and I think it's applicable in sports as well. So like if uh is so if I used a basketball analogy, Steph Curry, I, I think it's hard to argue otherwise, but the greatest shooter arguably in NBA history. Yeah. So in his weakness would be say like vertical jumping and being able to dunk. So is like does is he better off spending eight hours in the gym shooting threes? Or working on his weakness, which is his vertical. Right. But does that that changes though with like our athletes? So we could have two completely different athletes in the same race though. So basketball, yes, you're a long shooter versus a, a person who's uh, in the post. Yeah, but that's but, why but, that's why people need different training programs. That like yes, having a speed based program for somebody like you is going to maximize who you are. So you can build speed endurance, which is still focusing on speed. Yes. And that's why I'm not a good coach for myself. <laughs> Truly. Cause I don't listen or I don't, I don't pay attention, but yeah, like you said, I've got, so I've got on my team, I've got two kids who run my 800, who are my best two 800 meter runners, and they couldn't be more different. Right. One of them is like a 52 second quarter miler, which is good. It's a solid, yep. solid, solid team time. And the other one is like a 57 second quarter miler. Right. So there's a pretty significant gap there. That's five seconds. Um, the 57 second quarter miler is a faster 800 meter runner because he just is mentally super strong. He's really, really like just tough. Strong. He's a tough kid yeah. and he's strong and he can just go for a longer time at, the, at his more closer to his maximal effort versus my you know 52 second kid who kind of peters out at the end. Um, I give them two different workouts, but I know they're running the same race. Uh, it's just kind of what you have to do. You have to find, like for people who are listening, you have to find what type of runner you are and, and kind of what works for you and, and kind of. Well, two, it changes all the time. Like, Does it though? You're either yes. fast or you're not. <laughs> you, not can't make a, you can't make you, somebody a sprinter, Brad. Jeremy, you cannot train the same way that you did in college. False. Fact. Oh. I'll prove it. Fact. Then why aren't you training like that? Because I don't like drinking as much <laughs> as I used to. <laughs> outside of tonight. As evidenced by today. Uh, but outside of tonight, I haven't had a, probably a beer since June. Uh-huh. So I can. I can. I can. Yeah. Yeah. You can train I, like you did in college. Okay. 
Sure. I don't know that I even got up to 40 miles a week in college. I doubt that I did. Okay. 30 miles a week, probably not even 25. So why aren't you doing that now? Because I don't want to. <laughs> okay. Give me another number, you numbskull. Uh, 23. It's 22 question lists, Jeremy. <laughs> I thought it was 23. 22. <laughs> I swear you said 23, but that could just no. be <laughs> I'm now going to splice back in that. Uh, let me mark this clip right here. Boom. Done. Uh, okay. What about running a race as a training run? So like signing up, paying for a race, and running a race as a training run. Why? What if you don't want to run by yourself? What if you have a long run? And you go run a half marathon so that at least there's like some competitive environment. There's people around you, but there's no pressure of running in the race. How – be true to yourself and to us. Could you honestly go to a race just for a training run and keep it at training run pace? I've done it. Idiot. No, (laughs) I can't do that. I can't do that. There's no way. I would get so wrapped up. Even if I meant to keep it easy, even if I did keep it what I would consider easy, the pace so you're would be saying far faster you could than I never, would have. you could never be a pacer in a race. I could be because I wouldn't be racing it. I would be. I, the so what's the difference between be that and doing a training run? Because a training run, I get competitive. If I'm pacing, I'm not competing against anybody. I'm helping people get to their like to their goal. It's two different things. The mindsets are completely different. Wow. You Look, really I have a, a limited, a limited mental vocabulary of working through here. I, I have, I have, I am a nuanced person. I. It doesn't sound like it. Quite actually, no. I can help pace people because I'm not competing against them. But even if I were to so go, what if you just thing- announced it on a shirt and you said, "I'm on a training run"? Doesn't matter. I would be chasing <laughs> those people who are right beside me, or right. So, but if you were carrying a sign, you wouldn't be chasing people. No, because I'm, I have a specific pace to keep for those people. Even just like e- a training run. Even on my easy days by myself, Brad, I never run the pace that I know that I should run. If there's <sighs> somebody for me to chase, it's going to be even worse. Oh my God! That's my that's my you, issue. It's you an are an issue that I have for sure. But it's oh a hundred percent. I think for people for people who it works for have at it. I I'm a firm believer though of using races as tune ups in preparation for the race upcoming. So I'm probably going to run a five k or an eight k before the ten k that we have in December. All right, and run run it hard so I see where I am. All right, I won that piece of it. That number twenty-two what? goes to Brad. You didn't Let me make say a note. Anything, Brad. I did. I said that you sh- you can run it as a training run. In fact, you should. Hold I on. I don't think you should. Brad Why? won. <laughs> Quitting races. Uh, did we agree on that? I think I don't think you ever came out and said that you can quit races. I know I did. I think you can quit races. Okay. So that one's a tie. So I'm up one zero. Long run distance for a marathon. I won that one. I know. <laughs> what are you talking? Hold on. About? Let me make my notes. Jeremy, be quiet. Uh, <laughs> too much or too little running knowledge. You didn't I, say I, anything I about that. You this read... one. I didn't answer this one. 
No, you didn't. So they're really, I, I, I really believe that there's some beauty in like the dumb athlete. Thanks for calling me beautiful. So that they just show up, they run, uh, you know, like they have no idea. Like it, every day is just an experience for them that they like don't read into anything. It's just go out there and do it. Uh, you know, like I think there's some merit to that. I personally just don't want to be that person. So I won that one. There's <laughs> you, a wait. I've got a question to, to follow up on that. Though, yeah, do you yeah. think that the the just straight up person who has no knowledge will eventually get knowledge through their running, like through doing no. it more often? Mm-mm. No, not unless they're actually actively seeking it out. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. Okay. So, like, if you if you had if you had zero knowledge and every day you showed up and you asked, "Why are we doing this workout?" Right. But where do you think the initial knowledge came from, Brad? It wasn't there for other people to learn. You had to figure it. We had to figure it out. As a- Yeah, but running is like all of these things are always an experiment. So it's an, and it's an experiment of one. Like, so, so is knowledge a group even of- knowledge then? Oh, my God. Is Socrates over here. Regard. If everything's an experiment, there is no, there is no fact. There, there are no facts. So then everything you do is a benefit regardless of what you've done. The outcome tells you what's going to happen next or what should happen next. Yeah. So, so in that case, can we agree that is knowledge or nothing can, is knowledge. Can we agree on the fact that you have to run to be a good competitive runner? Well, sure. Oh, okay. Well, there's one fact of running. Okay. That's the only one we have. <laughs> that's the only one. <laughs> The only, like I don't know. Let's find somebody who hasn't run, who doesn't run, who's just actively fit. Have them okay. go out and race us, and I, I, I bet you that. But they can would they maximize their potential? This is about maximizing. Did, did you ask potential. if they're maximizing their potential? I don't think we're maximizing our potential because we don't have a coach who's there. Jeremy, I have one hundred percent maximized my atten- potential in that five k. You name me one person in the world that can run. 2207 on hopping on one leg. Um, I don't know of anybody who can because you sure didn't either. <laughs> so, though, and then back to the running mental tips. I won that one and same as training. Yep. Okay. Give me another number, Jeremy. Nine. 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 Ooh, good one, Jeremy. I mean, I think even we can acknowledge that my episode of picking a topic has been drastically better than yours. No, I can't. <laughs> you said Ken said that this is the best one. The, he my, hasn't the one heard this chose. one yet. The one that I chose was the best. Because he, he hasn't like heard this, this one, one because of what I have to say and because I'm mildly intoxicated and I'm pulling right. verbiage out of my butthole. Number nine, can you be the GOAT without a world record or gold medal? Boo. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, you can. can. Yeah. You can be you can be the goat by for 15 years being the second best runner of all time. Like behind everybody and those people come and go and they don't have the longevity of that that you have. For sure. You can be the goat. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, who is so, Wait, so hold Mike, on. So let's go back to the basketball analogies. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. He's not the best scorer of all time. Right. Okay. But he's widely considered. It, well, to be that's. The goat. 
Okay. <laughs> Look at me like so, I'm but LeBron has been playing longer than Jordan. Uh huh. So the longevity piece that you just said, like being second best for longer. So you're yeah, telling but- me that LeBron is actually the goat. Sure. I didn't say that. I did not say that. Michael you just Jordan said he's widely recognized. I merely said he's considered by many to be the GOAT. So, but they both have championships. So let's look at it specific. Is, is let's look at it. the GOAT of the, of the mile? 100%. Could he potentially be the GOAT, the GOAT of all time? Possibly because he's awesome. He's had okay, the world he wasn't finishing second, though. He has finished second, though. He won the Olympics it's, in the 1500 okay. and the 5000. He holds a world record. What, what about All he those things Rouge? point to GOAT. Not he should, what about Jakob Ingerbrigtsen? He doesn't have the world record in the mile. Maybe he's, he's the best not the GOAT. Maybe he's the GOAT. He's, he's not. the best runner. Look at, like, look at his. He's the best oh. runner right now. He's the best runner of this generation. But he is head and shoulders better than anybody who's come before him. Maybe he doesn't he's, have the record in the mile. He's got the he, record in the 2000s. Is he better than Hisham El Garouche? Yeah. He just hasn't run as fast. That's and right. according to you, he has super shoes, a better track, and pacing lights. That's right. But he's broken. But he's the, the goat. Record. He has all of these benefits, and he's still the and hasn't <laughs> run faster. But he's still he's the goat. He's got the two thousand meter record. He's got the two two mile record. Doesn't he have? The, does he have the three thousand meter record? I don't know if he does or not. I, I'm sure he he must be close. If he doesn't, he's close in the fifteen, right? The ten k he's run sub twenty eight. So you like, so like all of those years that uh, you had on the roads, by the way, Usain Bolt winning the hundred two hundred goat sprinter again. But he won everything. You're saying you could be second for long with a longer longevity, which the second was Justin Gatlin. So by your methodology, but Justin he, Gatlin is the, the goat. He's the chief. I didn't he say came he, back I didn't after he, cheating. I didn't say. I didn't say the people who are second are the goats. I'm saying that if you said if they you have could, longevity and you have you are at the top of the game and you are right there every single step of the way, and maybe it doesn't work for you in the, in the Olympics, and maybe it doesn't work for you in the World Championships, and maybe you don't have a world record, but you've won an awful lot. Let's say you win 95 of the races you're in, and you've been racing for 15 years. And you're throwing down, and you're just a tenth of a second off of a world record. So name me but one person beating. that's a goat that meets that criteria. You can't do it, Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson won everything, including but having he, world records in the four hundred and the two hundred. He doesn't have it anymore. I, I, he doesn't have anything anymore. He doesn't have the American record. He doesn't have the world record in the two hundred anyway. I. I get it. So, but he had all he's of those goat. things. He's the best runner. He's the best sprinter there ever has been. Mm. Mm. Best 400 runner. No. He's not because he doesn't hold the world record. What happened to if you finish second every time, like you keep coming back look, to? But he, look, things change. You told me you he don't won. have to. Well, hold on. You told me repeatedly you don't have to have a world record. What if just on that day you don't have it? You have to be the goat. You have to have. I am willing to concede possibly on the gold medal component, even though I think that's going to be a weak argument. 
to but to never have been the best in the world, you cannot possibly be the goat. You are so you automatically have, eliminated. You have to hold the world record to be the best in the world. It Maybe doesn't have, have to be in time. perpetuity. But what happens if you have the fastest times in the world, just not a world record, and then the times that you get to the world championships, you don't win, right? So that's the the Olympics and the world okay. championships. Who's you don't the, win in track and field? The longest win streak in the world, Moses Malone, or Moses okay. is Moses. Uh, who's a hurdler? Moses. <laughs> what is his name moses johnson probably. it's not edwin moses that's it that's what i said moses malone i think it was that post malone's dad <laughs> who is moses malone he's famous is he a basketball Whoever player he, he's i think that i don't look i'm awful so edwin sports. moses had world records olympic gold medals and longevity. I'm not saying you have to have like it's impossible to hold a world record forever, but you have like you can't be finishing second to a world record holder and not winning races and be considered a goat. The two are part and parcel. Look, you know, like, okay. Maybe that's where not- I that's that's where I went wrong. You don't have to currently hold a world record in order no. for you to be the goat. That's another win for Brad. But at some point in time, that one was easy. That was so easy for me to win. No, I think the world record piece is important, but I don't think the world championships and the Olympic gold are necessary. I think if you're if you podium for those guys, (laughs) but you hold a world record, that makes a valid argument. Okay, so let me is for U.S. distance running, particularly in the fifteen hundred and the mile. Hold on. In the 5K for for Americans, right? But okay, he doesn't. Okay. So he never but, held a world record. He never, but he held U.S. records. He did, and so he you said he's record. the goat for U.S. He's not, he's not an Olympic. He's not an Olympic like gold medalist in the 5K. I think he finished fifth. Yeah, look. Like, so, but so, but hold on. So, but that's saying U.S. So you're segregating out 90 percent of the population. I'm, 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 I'm still making a valid point. Though. So no, no. Here's the point that again is going to prove that I'm I'm going to get end up getting two points on this same damn argument if you're not careful here, Jeremy. So <laughs> so got all the points in. 50, <laughs> no, we had a tie. Fifteen hundred, <laughs> fifteen hundred, and the mile greatest U.S. runner in like who's the goat for U.S. running in the in well, 1500? I mean, if we're going with that, and you have to put the the American record holder, that's Jordan the Goose now. So it wouldn't be Alan Webb. I mean, he held it for a long time, so I would I would think you have to count him in there, and he's a he's a viable option. So it, he so never long, really performed. You, you he said never longevity when it was necessary. You just said that doesn't need to be. That's not a, a real. Yeah, but he really underperformed. Like okay, it wasn't so just, are you saying? Uh, that he is less of a runner than uh, uh, who is the Olympic bronze medalist uh, out of nowhere finished in a kick from uh, University of Texas Man- Manzano. Uh, oh, Leo Manzano. No, it wasn't Leo Manzano. No, so you're talking not out of Texas. Are you talking about what's yeah, his out name? of Texas? That's Leo. Um, uh, what's it? No, well, what's his name? Um. 
Jeez, we, we sound like we know a lot about what we're talking right. about here. <laughs> Jesus. Um, like, what about the – he won the, the Olympic gold medal, right? What was his name? Um, Matthew Centrowitz, right? Matt uh, Centrowitz. So you're yeah. saying Matt Centrowitz, who has an Olympic medal, is is better in U.S. history at, at those distances than uh, – I can't no. even think of his first name that we talked about. Alan, Alan Webb. Webb. No. I just think He's Alan not. Webb is not the GOAT either. So who was? So if, if you're saying Nagusa is now wait, one, wait, he's, he's the, one, run one race. Who's the guy who's broken four minutes the most? The most. It well, he's a time. Canadian. Oh, well, that's the American. Uh, he's a, still a North American. He, he's it. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> I can't even think of his name. He ran at University of Michigan. He's it. That's the guy. And and Canadian Olympian. <laughs> yeah, or it could be what's his uh, Taylor Milne? I think. Now, yeah, he was a Canadian too. Olympian. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So, yeah. all right, against him. times two. I won two points on that one. Give me another number, Jeremy. 11. Did we already do 11? Nope. 11. This is a quick one. You got less than – you got 30 seconds. Energy gels in a half marathon. Nope. Next. What if you're running two hours? Nope. Next. Why don't you get a gel if you're running at two hours or two and a half hours? You get water. You don't need gels. Next. Jeremy, after an hour and a half, you start having glycogen, like an impact of diminished Next. glycogen counts. Nope. Okay. All right. Next. Then I, you're so <laughs> no, wrong I mean, on that. It's automatically look, a Brad I, point. I, Sorry. I barely take gels on a marathon. Like I think I'd take a gel. And you've maybe. never performed even close to what you should be running. I mean, that's just because I'm awesome. Oh, I might that be you never perform well. I'm I'm the goat at underperforming. Okay, good. give me another number. Five. Five. Ooh, good one here, real good one. So, did you qualify for Boston if you don't meet the time limit? So you met the official time. But you didn't make the cutoff to to actually race the race. Yes, you're a Boston qualifier. No, I didn't. You said if I, I'm Let, assuming this is hypothetical. It's it's for anybody. So you know, like if in your age group, the cutoff is three ten. So but right. this year there was a time cutoff three oh four thirty one of five minutes thirty nine seconds or something. Yeah. So if you ran five oh or three oh eight. Are you a Boston qualifier? Yes. You Even though you can't Boston, race. You could you could register for it. You right. couldn't do it. You couldn't well, do it if you Well, technically, anybody could register for the race, even if you don't have the times. <laughs> right, but you – true. But you registered for it as somebody who qualified by the original standard. The original so can standard you, can you buy a Boston qualifier shirt? Yeah. And when people say, how was the race, you go, well – I ran fast enough. I just didn't get in. You said Boston qualifier. You didn't say Boston I get... finisher. Okay. Well, listen, I'm one of those people, but I'm aware. All right, no, I think I think it's obnoxious. I understand why they do it, but to say that you have to run faster than the qualifying singers, if this is the case and it's it's normal for you to have to go 
five minutes faster, then just make it five minutes faster. But it's not normal. They have years. It's always moving. But it's but it. You're right. But it, I think more often than not, they always have to. Ha- you have to have a buffer. The last two it years, you a, didn't. Well, it's because of COVID shit. And um, for the like the first twenty years, there were no. The first, but we're now we're not in the first twenty years, and we're not in the past two years. Like normally now, the expectation is that you have to have a buffer. When we, we've already talked about it before. Again, but you know, you know that you just to make sure, right? And that's so not you even know guaranteed. that. So you know that. Yes, but that's not. That's just. That's that's not even a guarantee. I probably have to go under three just to qualify. Make sure that I do actually get in. Okay, so you know that. Yes. Doesn't mean I doesn't mean if I run three three oh nine fifty eight I didn't qualify. I okay. qualified. I can't run it. All right, we we've agreed on that. That's a tie. I don't know. I won that one. Point. point no, you didn't. Give point. me another number. Give me another number. Oh Jesus! Uh, Eighteen. Eighteen. Ooh, dream guest for the Brigadey Bro Bops podcast. Ooh, a dream guest. Dream guest. Come on, bring it. Oh, they gotta dude, be alive. Go- They've gotta be alive. No, no Steve Prefontaine. Uh Yard Nagoose. Yard Nagoose? That's your yeah. dream guest? I, I think that'd be I think he's like a really low-key guy, and I think he'd be a really cool guy to come in and talk about like he's he's done it all now. Like he's he's he has performed in the high on the greatest stages, and he's the greatest Amer- American miler there ever has been. Like and he's not much like he's young, so we can see Talk what about his perspective. Just like jumping on a bandwagon of one one race and holy no, moly! Not, he, Brad, he's so, not. So pre him breaking the American record, was he going to be your dream guest? He would be. I I think he would be up there. Yeah, I just like I just like his style. He just I goes can, out. I can already. T- you've already been disqualified from he's, earning a point on this one. Wait, who who are you going to have? Bob Kennedy. One, he's a bob. To be honest, he was my second. He was going to be my number two. Um, well, you should have thrown it we, out because we could. You that could have been a tie for you, but now you've lost you, the because point. Because we've run with him before. Well, there, there's multiple reasons, excluding the fact that like he's a must-have because he's a bob. He's a and bob. He would be on a podcast on the Brigadier Bro Bob's podcast, and he'd be the only bob, bob on the podcast. <laughs> That's true. He could make it like legitimate. He would legitimize it. So, but when he was running the times that he was running, there was truly like no good American distance runners. Yeah. So, and he like he was, uh, like the pinnacle of running for U.S. distance running for yeah. such a long period. He changed like what times were going to be accessible to U.S. runners in yep. distance. He had a shoe, like you know, like. Think about it. Nobody even has a shoe now any nope. anymore. He had his own Zoom Kennedy while we I were know. growing up. So, like we're all of too. all of the barriers that he broke uh, for U.S. distance runners. At one point, he was the fastest non-African born runner in the world of all time. Yeah, right. So uh, no, I Fox- understand that. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Maybe I would have a sprinter. Maybe I would have a sprinter come on. Maybe I would have a sprinter. Maybe we could get like Usain Bolt. That'd be cool. Well, I so if we could pick another guess, I would definitely like to do uh Lowell Lyle Noah. Not Noah Lyles. Noah, the, Noah Lyles. The, I know. 
I know he he's the now American record holder for the 200. Well, it's less about that, and it's less that he's willing to throw around, like, mildly controversial statements like he like he's actually an anti uh you know like he's a bit of a heel in track and field and track and field for the most part is the most vanilla thing and there's very few personalities that are willing to you know like Usain Bolt you knew he was going to win every race there's very few people that are willing to like be grinding it out and put their name on it win lose or draw that I'm the best here today and deal with it yeah, that's a good one. I don't know. I mean, Abby Steiner would be cool. Just kind of see where she's come from. I think she she would be a, a pretty cool person to have on. All right. Give me another number. Sure. I won that one, too. 20. 20. This one's pretty weak, I'll be honest. <laughs> so for for you and I running... Good content in a race or a fast race? What do you mean by good content? Like, so, like, if you had stuff? to sacrifice up, like, a, f- say, from running 303 to 305 because you've got a GoPro for good content or just running the three, like, running fast? Running fast. I'm not okay. all about that content life. I think you can make the content based on your running fast. Like you could do the lead up to it. You can do all that stuff. You can do the recap. You can do all okay. of that. Um, I don't think you need to see. I'd, like, I'd go to I, content. You inspire more people. It's bigger than just you and I like, now, Jeremy. It's really think, bigger than us right now. I understand that, but I think that you could do just as much without no, having to no, showcase sorry, you lost. three hours. Give, of give me market. another number. Yeah, three hours. That's not good content. I, I, that's what I'm saying. This is why I may have to find another podcast partner because you're not worried about the content. I'm worried all about the content. 14. So, well, 14. Yep. How about cheering people on while racing? Nope. No. Nope. You're my competition. You're my competition. You mean like when you go by somebody and say, hey, good job? Yeah, come on. It, I mean, do I do it? Yes. Do I think it's a little condescending? Do I think it's condescending? I think it's mildly condescending. As, as you speed up? <laughs> yes. And I think, like, to be able, like, in the middle of a race, there's sometimes where I can't talk. And okay. I think if you come by me and you say, hey, good job, let's get, let's get going, it just makes me feel like you're just an asshole for, like, show, shoving it in my face that you're not working as hard as I am, and yet you're passing me. So, like, when we did this, this really feels like projection. What's that? This really feels like projection. I think in the in the Palmetto 200, I was that guy. So my last leg, I was feeling really good, and I think I ran like 6:40 pace for the last like leg of of the Palmetto 200 for my last leg, and I was just crushing by people because you know the Palmetto 200 people start in front of you, like groups start hours yep, yeah. and hours and hours in front of you, and we're nearing the end, and I'm just like cruising by like not really working that hard but working a little bit I'm like hey good job we're almost there and there's this like struggle bus and they look over oh you're running so fast like we can do it together no we can't because i just crushed you like it's just condescending well the palmetto is completely different than in other races that you're but starting at the same time it's a race though oh my god cheering people on is the least you can do point brad 
check mark Jeremy. give me another number uh six i already did it so we'll go to seven okay seven it this is another the questions i put together are just fire like there's there's no way around this it, i don't like are these questions really that good do you they are, people yeah. want? so is running a four-hour marathon as hard as running a 205 marathon no no <laughs> wow there are more people who can do a four-hour marathon than there are who can do a 205. It's, I get it's, it. It's, and they're also not as physically gifted as it's, people well, that are running. that's exactly right. When you, what, when you say, is it harder, what does that mean? Does that mean that you have to have more like, of is everything? The effort, is the effort in the middle and the race as difficult if you're running four-hour pace as you are running at 205 so pace? Effort-wise, I would say it's comparable. Actually, it's probably harder to run a four-hour marathon because Bingo. people who can run at 205. Bingo. They have their water five. bottles out for them. There's they less do. time on the course. There's less pounding. They're more efficient. They don't have to take in as much uh, energy gels. Like, there's running at 205 pace for as difficult as that is, like, effort to effort, the four-hour is more difficult. Yeah, but my point was is that it's harder to be able to run a 205 than it is to run a 204. I mean, a four flat. Well, that's just blatantly obvious based off of the numbers. So you knew that wasn't the question, Jeremy. Point, Jeremy. Because, because I cheer on people in races, I'm going to cheer you on here and give you a half point. Because you, uh, sort of, you sort of came back around to the fact that the four hour is harder. Next, four. Ne give, me, give me another number. Four? Just did. Yeah. Yeah. Just give me a quick hot take. Post-race beers. As in, like, do them? Yeah. Are they or, good? Do you like them? I don't generally do it because I always feel awful after my races, but I think that it's a good thing to have. Yeah. I think it, good. it builds a sense of community. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't see you, you going there. Yeah. I would say, like, I, you know what? I, I got to agree with you. Thanks. And because I'm going to cheer you on. I'm going to give you the point because I didn't think of the post, like the, uh, the community and camaraderie effect afterwards. I yeah, just thought I like, I never think of on a hot day after really exerting myself as a beer is an actual refreshment. Like it just no. makes, it makes me sick to my stomach right now. Yeah. And I'm not feeling great right now. So like because of the beers I've had, um, so I definitely don't want to have any right now. You got a point, Jeremy. Way to go, man. Thanks, man. I can do it sometimes. Hey, thanks for cheering me on. Give me another number. We're running out, aren't we? Oh, 11. Yeah. 11 we've done, so I'll go to 10. 10. Ooh, this is another good. I mean, I'm getting tired of saying this, but this is another good one. <laughs> of course it is. Is trail and ultra running just becoming competitive now? Just now, no. I think it's been competitive for a while. I think it's becoming more more ubiquitous. I think it's becoming like more like, common, I don't, but it's not common still to this day. But I think it's it's seemingly more competitive just because we're hearing more about it. Uh, but I think it's always been competitive. False. Are times changing? What's that? False. I'm already so writing it down. Now than it, than it has been in the past. It has. So one, trail running and ultra running used to just be the novelty of finishing. 
You know, like they were they were drinking whiskey back on the course in the <laughs> old days of ultra do. running. Oh, not so. Killian Jordanette's out there drinking whiskey. Possibly. No, no, no. You're just yeah. now starting to see people just like how the marathon has become faster and faster because good collegiate runners just now go straight to the marathon. Same thing's happening like with uh, uh, who just won uh, UTMB, Jim Wamsley. Yeah. Good, really good collegiate runner that just went straight to ultra marathons. <laughs> But Brad, what you're just saying <laughs> is that times have gotten faster. It doesn't mean it's more competitive. It's less competitive. People were still competitive. out there crushing beforehand. All right. So you're you're making the assumption that com- competition and being more competitive means equals faster times when it's not necessarily the case. So, so it's it more serious. Training is more ser- training is more yeah. serious for ultra marathons now than it used to be. For those people, for more people, yes, but not for the people who are competitive anyway. And no, who was the, like, uh, who was the, the big U.S. ultra marathon, Scott Jurek, Jurek or yeah. whatever. Yes. Look at him in comparison to Jim's Wamsley. It's not <laughs> even close. It, you're, you're making your, what your, what your argument is, is that times make you more competitive, not yes. the people you're surrounded by. Correct. That's not true. Yes. We are competitive with each other, Brad. We are uber competitive. That doesn't mean we're going to go out to the world championships and make anybody like even concerned that we'll race. Okay, with yeah. Wait, I wouldn't even consider us a part of either of the communities. Exactly, but it doesn't mean it's not competitive. Sorry, point, Brad. Next, next. No. Give me another point. Give me another one. Eight. Eight. That's a good one. We haven't picked that one yet. Hmm. <laughs> This is another really good one. <laughs> Running form, overrated or underrated? Overrated. Overrated. I think that people like you. I just see these videos that people are like, oh, in order to run fast and overpronation is a bad thing. And, you know, you have to do this and this and this and this. Like, it'll come when you get more efficient and fit anyway. Totally agree. Overrated. Another number. We we tied there, by the way. Oh, thanks. Nineteen. Nineteen. Ooh. Good Who, one. Who's? It's another good one. It is. Yeah. Who's the best YouTube runner? So this, I need two answers. One, who's like the actual best runner from a time perspective? And two, who's just the who's the best YouTuber running channel? I mean, you have to go with Kafuzi. He's everywhere. So he's, he's the, the best, like, YouTube, YouTuber. YouTuber runner. Okay. Um, I would think, I mean, the, um, I don't know. I don't know of anybody who's, like, legitimately good. I don't know. Um, Clayton Murphy is the best runner. It's pretty good. I didn't even think about it. I was thinking of yeah. Seth James Damore. Yeah. As the best runner. Um, Ken Blankenship, or Ben Blankenship. Blankenship is his last name. What's his first name? Ben. Is it Ben Blankenship? Yeah, he's yeah, got. Yeah, right at Syracuse. Got, um, yeah, he's got. Um, he wasn't. Well, you also thought, have. Uh, you have. There's a lot of new, new, uh, new YouTubers. Uh, the kid from. Uh, he's now with Nike, but he just won the NCAA championships last year. 
for cross country from oh, uh, wow. from Stanford has a YouTube channel now. Oh, you- that guy. Um, what's his name? Yeah, that guy. I actually like watching him. You've but got. I would Mor- still think. I still Mor- think Clayton Murphy is the best. Like you've got Morgan McDonald, who was an NCAA champion from Wisconsin and runs with on running has one. Like there's a lot of like, like, like elite level runners. So so just best YouTube channel, best YouTube channel you think is Kafuzi? I think so. He gets all kinds of stuff. He does a lot of stuff. He just, he just, Mm. I just watched his video on the, on the Adidas the newest Adidas five hundred dollar shoe. What's that? Five hundred dollar shoe. Yeah. Yeah. That and he just got that. That's so the I'm same weight as get... the Mayfly. Yeah. Light. Best Light. YouTube. So I think best YouTube channel. I I. It's even. It's not really running anymore. But I would still go Nick Simmons. He still does running content. He does. I mean, he does a good job. I yeah, yeah. He does a lot. Well, you agreed so. I was going to give you the point because point. you agreed with me. It's point Brad. Point Brad. <laughs> give me another number. I don't even know what we have left, Brad. All right. I'm just going to run through these. So hot takes here. Training while injured or sick? Uh, not injured, but sick. Uh, light light training, yes. I train, do you mean, when you say training, do you mean running? Yep. Uh, no. Take Neither. time off until you get right. I would say if you've got a cold, do it. Get your get your shit done. Yeah. Injured, severity of the injury. Like I'm injured right now, I can't make it injured worse. So if you I'm can run, enough. go ahead and do it. And I don't know, like what what do we consider an injury? I mean, my Achilles is not great, but it, I don't know. Is that an injury? Is this just like a nagging like nag? I'm guessing somebody smarter than you and I would say you need more time off. Probably. Virtual races. Good, bad. I think they are they well. dead now? I think they should be dead now. I think they worked well when we couldn't meet together, but I think um you have to have no like, validity to them. them. No validity to them. No validity no. to them. No, because people can cheat like there's all kinds of stuff. All right. Morning versus evening running. Evening. Evening? I did it over the summer where I did mornings and I like it's fine, but if I had to choose, I'd go evening. I just feel like uh, my body's more prepared. I love morning running because you just get it over with and then you can do other things. I concur with that, but I still I think I enjoy I was, the evening runs better. I was going to say because you were had a little bit of more emotion to it, I was going to give it to you until you said I agree. Point, Brad. Uh <laughs> What about training more frequently in spikes, like if you're a collegiate runner or a high school runner or super shoes as uh, fat, slow people like us? You mean just using them more often in our daily like training yep. cycle? I think they serve a purpose, but I don't think you have to even do them every week. I think if you do them maybe once a week, I guess. I don't know. Once every other I, week is okay. I think okay. you have to do it more frequently than you think then less like you can't just break out super shoes for a race and think I don't know. That, like it's because it, it's the exact same as running in spikes when you don't run in spikes frequently it just trashes your lower legs your calves hurt your achilles hurts 
you like your heel hurts like you have yeah. to spend time in the shoes to then like be comfortable with Why them and your when heel it counts. Hurt? your heels didn't hurt in college i didn't run on my heels at goober I know, but like that, in all of that uh, stretch from my calf and my Achilles killed nope. my heels. Just like the only thing uh, hurt, it was hurt me with my with my forefoot because of the burn because I was running so fast. I'll give you a tie again. I'm che- I'm cheering for you through this. And I appreciate it, and I'm cheering. I, I'm taking your cheering. I'm I'm accepting it. And here here's our last question. I got to admit, this is the weakest. I mean, I've hit twenty one. <laughs> 21 dingers here. There, I think it, you can strike out on one. I think so. Validity of racing weight. I mean, I think the lighter you are, the easier and more efficient you become. I don't think that you have to like necessarily be wafer thin, but I think you should be relatively light in order to run fast. I think it just comes with the territory. So you'd be a better run, runner at 140? I don't think I could run three flat marathon if I weighed 200 pounds. Okay. I don't think you have to weigh 140. Like for the two of us, I think I would max out. If I was 165 pounds, I would be very, very lean. Um, I don't know that I could get much leaner than that at this point stage of my life. Um, so like 140. So does racing weight matter anymore at, uh, at our age? I, yeah, it still matters, but I don't think like, I think people too much, I don't know. You can't be like a stick. Most of us aren't sticks. I think it's overrated. And I think the closer you're getting to your max potential, like in, in like truly testing human limits, uh, Ryan Hall, uh, has all these empirical numbers that when he dipped under, it was something obscene, like 118 pounds. His that he thought that would be his racing weight, and he was able to generate no power in his slowest half marathons, and everything came at it. And he figured out like can't run that thin, but I can't be right. over 123, like 121. So, right. but like that's when you're searching literally for seconds, right? No, I mean, I, I mean, obviously it matters. I mean, the more, less weight you carry, the less energy you 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 have to expend per step and all that stuff. But I mean, for most of us, I think if we're relatively healthy, I think that's okay. All right. All I'm right. gonna get I, again. I'm come on, way to go, Jeremy. I'm giving you a Thanks, point on Dad. that one. Hey, I, th- I like this. I I like the fact that you didn't put me on too much of a spot. I didn't have to know a whole lot. Um, just a little bit. <laughs> well. Listen, I know who I'm working with here. I know, and I appreciate <laughs> it. You're you're bending over backwards to make me seem like I'm a reasonable human being. All right, Jeremy. All Go right, Brad, for up, bud. Yeah. That's it? That's your what goodbye? Is that, am I supposed to say something different? I, I don't know. I, You've left hey, listen. with... Hey, Brad, guess what? I love you, man. <laughs> All right, bud. Love you too. <laughs> <laughs>